Welcome to the Nutrition Burnout Podcast, your home for food and body obsession. I'm your host, Christy Brown, founder and creator of Intuitively Strong. All right, this is a topic that one of my clients in my group training intensive, this is for my Courageous Nourisher Academy, she is working on ending binge eating and trusting herself around food and learning how to have any food in the house without binging on it. This is something that we go through in my 12-week course. And I wanted to make a podcast out of this because this is something that she asked in here that nobody really knows how to ask because they're like, I don't even know how to say this. But what it is, is she has cognitive dissonance. And cognitive dissonance is actually two two conflicting beliefs that we have in the same thought. So let me kind of tell you what she had here, what she had asked the group. And I want you to see if you can relate to this. She said, guys, I had some thoughts over food tonight. I completely think that my brain wants to eat more than my tummy. If I listen to my tummy, she says, nom nom, so good and full, no more. But in my head, I'm thinking, what about dessert? Especially as it gets later and I lose resilience, it feels harder and harder to listen to my body. I'd love to develop some of the tools to better reconcile the two conflicting signals. Okay, so basically what she's saying is she's done eating dinner uh, and especially later at night, especially at dinner time, after dinner time, she's like, I'm full, but I am so used to having dessert or planning for dessert with my macros or whatever it might be. And why am I still thinking about dessert if I'm full? I really don't want dessert, but why do I feel this incredible intensity, this pull to have dessert? And what she's experiencing as well, which is what most people are probably experiencing, is the fact that your willpower, right? Your decision-making abilities are actually lowered at the end of the day. Let me explain this. So when you wake up in the morning, you have all of this energy, well, sometimes, and you're just like, okay, ready to start the day. I'm gonna eat my egg white omelet with vegetables and I'm gonna be so good today and drink my green shake and everything's gonna be sunshine and rainbows, right? I'm gonna do this today. I'm gonna stick to the plan and I'm gonna eat clean and I'm gonna do all these things that diet culture tells me to do. And by the end of the day, we're just so decision fatigued. At this point, you've got to think. We've made about, I think there was a a scientific um, research study they did on this that we think 20, over 20,000 different thoughts per day. We make 20,000 different decisions. And and we think about those decisions from uh, how much toothpaste to put on our toothbrush to which way to part our hair, how how to wear our hair, from what color shirt we should wear to, um, you know, the amount of salt we should put on our eggs for breakfast to um, which way we take into work or, you know, if we put our blinker on or not when we're turning, like all of those decisions, should I use the blue, the blue pen or the black pen? They're all decisions that we make throughout the day that are kind of you know, meaningless to tell you the truth. Like, does it really matter unless you're signing like a mortgage document if you use a blue or, you know, black pen? Um, No, but it's all these decisions that we make throughout the day. You know, what socks are we going to wear? What color underwear are we going to put on? Like all those different things. It's, It's just sounds silly, but we go through these decisions every single day. And some of them are less intense. Like, oh yeah, like, you know, I'm just going to put this bra on. Do I wear a sports bra underneath? Yep, because <laughs> I'm not putting wire on. Or, you know, do you make other decisions that are a little bit more important? Like, should I wake up early to go work out? Or should I, um, 
head into work a little bit early today? Or what do I need to eat for, for dinner tonight? Do I need to take out meat from the freezer or anything like that? So there's a lot of decisions that scale on a spectrum from really important to not really important at all. And we make all of those in one day. So that's what I'm talking about when we get to decision fatigue. And when we think about our willpower, it's the greatest in the morning because that's when we're refreshed. That's when the new day starts. That's when um, we're kind of starting with a blank slate here. And we haven't really made any decisions yet that are going to fatigue us. So that's what she's talking about when we talk about experiencing that um just kind of like, oh my gosh, I don't even want to think about it. Just do it. I don't even care anymore. Kind of get to that point to where you're just done with it. You're just so exhausted from thinking so much that you're just like, I don't want to think anymore. Just do it. I'm just going to eat. Even though I don't know why I'm eating, I'm just going to do it. And even taking those steps to, okay, well, why am I eating? You know, what feeling am I feeling that I'm hoping this food is trying to fix? Is it boredom? Even that is too much sometimes. So that is likely what she's feeling. And um, like I had said before, this is called cognitive dissonance. It's when we have two conflicting beliefs in the same thought. So her thought is, I'm really not hungry and I really don't need to eat. But there's another thought of, you have to eat this right now. Like you have to have those peanut butter cups that are in the pantry. Like you have to. And I understand this intensity and nobody else that has not gone through an intensity around food and obsession with food will understand this intensity. Um, there was one time when I was heading over to my grandpa's house and I was going to bring him some M&Ms and I forgot to bring the M&Ms. So I came back, you know, from CNM, brought back lunch, all those things. Um, and I was eating lunch and I saw that bright yellow packet of M&Ms, peanut M&Ms. Hell yeah, let's do it. And I'm just looking at it and I'm like, I'm halfway in my journey right now with food freedom and ending binge eating and intuitive eating. And I'm just like, why do I feel this intense pull to have those? It's almost like, and I remember telling my coach this, that I just stood there looking at him while I was eating my wrap or my salad or whatever I had for lunch. And I was just like, I feel this this need, this urge, this just absolute have to, no doubt in my mind, I have to eat this. And I was scared. I was legitimately scared. Like, what the hell is this? Like, it was something that was so powerful. This this need, there was no talking me out of it. It was just like, you have to do this. That was literally what was going on in my head. You have to, Christy. You have to eat those M&Ms. And I did. And I was so confused and I was scared. I was very scared by this. Like, why? I was eating. Clearly, I didn't need to eat anymore. I was absolutely fine. But also at the same time, you have to remember that what my client is going through, what I was going through, and likely what you're going through right now is the fact that we have decades, I mean, years, if not decades of don't eat that, that's bad for you, labeling candy is bad, all those things um, under our belts. And this is a very deeply rooted issue. This isn't anything that's just like, oh, you know, change the color of your underwear and you're going to be happy <laughs> wear different socks and everything's going to be great that day. Like it doesn't go like that. It's not as simple as that. These are like rules and restrictions in our heads that we're now flipping into a like a 180. We're, we're flipping your whole entire world of dieting around saying, yeah, you can totally have those those M&Ms now 100 percent 
you can have two packs, you can have three packs, whatever you want, but focus on how it makes you feel afterwards, right? Because the whole point of eating mindfully is to focus on how certain food makes you feel and how much of that food makes you feel. Because my goal with all of my clients is to make sure that we can focus on keeping the foods that we love in our lives rather than forcing our entire lives trying to keep them out. So what she was going through right now is likely what a lot of people are going through here. And here's how to deal with it. So there's a couple of frameworks that we could use here that I, um, tools in my toolbox, if you will. And what I like to do in this situation or tell my clients who are stuck in this situation where you just feel this intensity to eat, eat it, you have to, no matter what, you just have to eat this. Even if you're not hungry, even if you don't really want it, you're like, I don't know why I'm feeling this way. I have this like intensity to eat it, but also this, but no, you don't need to eat it. These two conflicting beliefs in my head. And this is where a lot of people are straddling the fence, if you will. So if you can think about a fence and you have land on either side, you're stuck in the dieting world still because that's where your very strong roots have led you growing up, um, you know, throughout high school, probably throughout your career, throughout just in your entire adulthood. You've just always lived in the diet mindset of restrict, restrict. I'm not healthy unless I'm on a meal plan. I'm not healthy unless I'm counting, tracking, following an arbitrary list of a list of good and bad foods, blah, 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 blah. And so you're on that side, you have one foot over there, and then all of a sudden you're going to kind of like straddle the fence and then jump over to the other side where you're like, but I can allow all foods to fit and I'm going to learn how they can fit in amounts that feel good to me. And then you have this mindset of, you know, I, I really don't want to fear foods for the rest of my life or get like excited when a social event gets canceled because I really didn't want to eat the pizza that they were having there. Now I can have my prepared meal and all these little thoughts that, that go into our heads of, oh my gosh, did the waiter put extra butter on my plate. He put them, I know he put oil on my vegetables. He wasn't supposed to, oh my gosh, I can't eat this now. Like all those things that we're thinking in our heads, um, are, are just, on the other side they're on the diet culture side and you know on this other side of the fence we have food freedom we can have well I can have any food that I want like food is neither good nor bad food is just food right we have the thoughts of yeah any food can fit in amounts that feel good to me I'm over here I'm learning to honor my hunger and respect my fullness uh these are all just feelings that I'm really trying to tap into rather than avoiding them. I'm not going to avoid my hunger with gum, coffee, or water, right? I'm going to actually work on finding out where my hunger lies, at what level I need to start eating, and then at what level I need to start, I need to stop because I want to be at a comfortable point. So you're likely straddling the fence right now. And honestly, there's no way around this. You're going to straddle it. And for me, I straddled this fence for a solid year, if not more. Um, But I have clients that have straddled this fence for like a week and then they were good. You're kind of like hopping back and forth, hopping back and forth between do I, oh, which side do I go to? But this makes sense. But this is what I've always done. But this is comfortable. And then you're kind of like in the middle of the fence, hopping back and forth. So this is where your brain is, um, it's unsure. Your brain doesn't like 
anything that's not routine. Your brain is always trying to find patterns because that's what makes sense to your brain. Your brain is always trying to keep you safe. That's what it was built for. So your brain is always trying to find pleasure and avoid pain. And to your brain, there is pain in the unknown. So when you walk into the world of intuitive eating, mindful eating, balanced eating, whatever you want to call it, you're actually walking into a very scary and unknown world because your whole life you haven't really done this. You've always counted on numbers or lists to follow when it comes to health. So now that you're like, well, I can eat anything. I'm just going to eat everything. I'm never going to be able to stop. That's usually most people's first thought. And that is not true. 100%. You ask any of my clients, uh, my graduated clients, my clients who are at the end of uh, my Courageous Nourisher Academy, they're like, oh, no, 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 that that doesn't last at all. Uh, That goes away for every single person, 100%. So understand that by straddling this fence, you're actually moving forward. This is progress, right? Because most people look over from the diet culture side of the fence and they're looking into the, oh, I wish I could be an intuitive eater, but it won't work for me. It just, you know, I, I'm too far, far into this or, you know, I'm just, if I, if you let me eat chocolate, Christy, that's all I'm ever going to eat and I won't be able to stop. And then I'm going to like blow up and all these things are just going to be terrible. And then I'm going to be unhealthy. And you know, that's, that was my thought too. Honestly, I'm like, intuitive eating is dumb. Like this is so stupid. Who, who made this up? Like anything you want. Okay. Just eat Skittles all day. Like that's, that was my thought when I first started this, I thought it was, was like giving up on yourself. I thought it was just not worth doing because it was just unhealthy in my in my eyes, right? In my very perfectionist, overachiever, black or white thinking eyes. And so when my client had talked about this, the first thing that came to my mind was the the M&M story, right? That big yellow pack, just seeing it just highlighted in my eyes and the intensity, the fire that just like kind of struck inside me. And I was like, whoa, this is this is insane. This feels strong. So my advice to you. Okay, so when this happens, the first thing that I want you to implement is one of my tools that I teach in my Courageous Nourisher Academy. And what that is, is to sample everything and restrict nothing. If you feel that pull, like I have to do this, the more that you tell yourself no, the more that you say, oh my gosh, I can't have that, even if you're not hungry. Yes, I know to you, this is like totally bass backwards. You're like, but Christy, I'm really not hungry. I'm supposed to be honoring my hunger, respecting my fullness. But this is where people get caught with, is this permission or am I overeating? Like this is where I got so stuck too. And I was like, I don't understand. What is this? And what you really have to venture into right now is still giving yourself permission at this time. And again, this will not last forever, but use the the phrase in your head. I am going to sample this, right? I will not restrict it. I would say, okay, go ahead. You want that? Go ahead and eat it. And if I truly don't want it or if I can actually walk away from it, then fine, I'll walk away from it. But if I get to that intensity point to where I'm like, I have to have this, there is nothing in this world that could stop me from eating this right now, then I want you to have it. Because restricting it or saying no is only going to make things worse. It's only going to dig deeper and deeper at you until it becomes obsessive. So I want you to go grab a bowl. And for me, I always use kids' bowls. I have kids, but if I've had clients that don't have kids, go out and get like small bowls and just be like, this works perfectly. And I snack out of those all the time. Now, here's the thing. You're not restricted to just one bowl, okay? You are not like, oh, this is all I can have. You can go back for seconds. You can go back for thirds. You can go back however much you want. And this is where the abundance comes in, right? By telling yourself, yeah, you can 
you can have all the M&Ms. Chrissy, do you want me to go get you like 12 packs of them? I'll go get them. I'm instantly like, oh, no, no, God, no, no. I don't want 12 packs. I just want some. And that's when your brain is like, oh, there's so much abundance here. This food is not going away. I can always have more later. So now what your brain is thinking is it's like, okay, I'm going to have some. And if you pour just like a small amount, whatever a small amount means to you, I'm not going to tell you a certain amount of M&Ms you have to put in your bowl or anything like that, or you have to count them out because I used to count almonds and things like that. And it was absolutely terrible. But what's going to happen is you're going to sit down with that, right? You're not going to eat it in front of the TV. You're not going to eat it standing up. You're going to sit the F down and you are going to eat that bowl and you're going to be conscious while you eat that food. That is my only value that I have for you. Not a rule, but a value is that if you do go and you eat this food, put it in a bowl and sit down. Okay. Sit down at a table. Sit down and eat it. I mean, shoot, you can have the TV on. Have it on in the background. I don't care. You can play on your phone, whatever you want to do. I don't care, but sit down. Make that a value that I never eat standing up. I never do that because that to me is going back to those old kind of secretive habits of eating fast, not being conscious of what I eat. So I really want you to think about that. Sample everything, restrict nothing. And if after you have that bowl, I want you to take a minute to reassess. And what I mean by that is after you have your, your little bit of M&Ms or whatever it is, I want you to reassess. I want you to take a breath, take a break, go change out the laundry. This is a part of my snack stretch tool that I have where you kind of like implement some breaks in between um, and knowing that you're going to come back to it and say, ask yourself maybe in 10, 15 minutes, whatever it is. Okay. Do you want more? You can have more. You can 100% have more, but I just needed you to take a break from it, get your mind off of it and then check back in with it. Shoot, maybe it's a five minute break. I don't care what you do. I just want you to take a break because that's going to give your brain that sense of, okay, we stopped thinking about this for a second and we started thinking about something else. We started folding the clothes, doing the dishes, you know, packing lunches for tomorrow, whatever it is, and then come back to it. You're more than welcome to have more. You can always have more. And that's how I want you to deal with this. And then if you do want more than that, then you can actually take my three bite taste check strategy that I have where you eat three bites and you say, okay, was this enough? Do I need more? Again, you take a break, you reassess after those three bites and you can always come back for more. So moral of the story here is that I want you to allow it. I want you to write yourself that permission slip of I'm learning and take into consideration that you'll never lose. You'll either win or you'll learn. So if you're like, okay, Christy, I actually had three bowls of those and those bowls ended up not being so small, but pretty big. And I don't know what happened. That's absolutely fine. Let's learn from that. Let's take that experience, remove the judgment, the guilt, the shame, the comparison, and just say, okay, the fact is I overate. So what can I do next time to not overeat? And then, you know, as your coach, of course, like this is what I do with my clients, but I'm going to go back and say, what did you do before this? How did you eat before this? Did you undereat before this? Did you have enough food at breakfast and lunch? Or did you feel like you kind of um, like white knuckled your way through and held on and were just trying to get through the day with eating as little as possible because undereating causes overeating and that could have caused that. Um, I'm also going to ask you at that point too, like, okay, after that second bowl, did you check in with yourself? Because if you know my strategy of the magic number two, and no, I'm not talking about poop here, but 
I have a, a strategy where personally developed like, okay, after that second bowl, really what is really going on? What's, what's the issue? If I'm truly not hungry and this is just taste hunger, which is totally viable and I just take a taste of it, then what am I hoping this food will fix? What am I hoping this food will suppress or numb out or try to fix or avoid, right? Something that my coach had told me too was that, you know, emotional eating is is under the umbrella of boredom eating. It's under the umbrella of stressful eating, things like that. So I want you to start kind of just allowing yourself those foods, but not just allowing it arbitrarily, allowing it with intention of understanding what went on, of understanding how you feel afterwards, of the intention of going into this. Yes, I'm going to allow myself any or all of this food if I want it, but I'm also going to make sure that one of my values is that I'm going to reassess. I'm going to take breaks. I'm going to sit down. I am not going to eat this standing up. I'm not going to eat it out of the bag. I'm going to put it in a bowl. And also remember the fact that your body is not a trash can, that your body is needing to be taken care of. Your body, think of it like your best friend, like your your kid, like your dog, whatever you love most in this world, think of it as somebody that you need to take care of, of something that you need to respect, that you need to absolutely make sure is doing okay, that you're checking in with them, that you're constantly opening up that line of communication. That's something we work on in my Courageous Nourisher Academy is that we always focus on a relationship that we have with our body. Uh, because everybody has a relationship with their body, whether you realize it or not. We have a relationship with food. We have a relationship with money. We have a relationship with our spouses. We have a relationship with our family. We have a relationship with everything. So what is your relationship like with food? What is your relationship like with your body? Do you have that line of communication open? Or is it kind of like a, a cheating relationship where you feel like you're constantly cheating on them? Or is it a relationship where it's like a long distance relationship where you constantly feel like you're sending them away and then bringing them back and then sending them away and then bringing them back? Um, and is it a situation to where you're only loving them when they're good, right? You wouldn't do that with your kids. You wouldn't only love your kids when they're good. So why would you only love your body when it's being good or looking a certain way? So things I want you to think about and also um, a huge high five to my client for putting this out there in the group for uh, asking a question that frankly I think most people have but either don't know how to ask it or are too scared to ask. So super, super proud of you in so many ways and um, my clients are the shit. That's all I'm going to say. All right, my friends, that is it for today and as always, if you could do me a huge favor, if this podcast hit you in the feels, if this episode was something that you needed, the more you share it, the more you give it five stars, review it, it helps tremendously so that other people can see it. So thank you from the bottom of my heart for everyone who has subscribed and clicked that five-star review. I love you. Uh, also, make sure you check out the show notes below because I do have my next 12-week round Courageous Nourisher Academy opening up. And I also do have my advanced academy that is open right now. So if you are somebody who feels like, yes, I've done the intuitive eating thing, but I'm ready for that next step of adding in more nutritional structure, I got you. Either way, whether you're a beginner, whether you're advanced, whether you're intermediate, I want you to take a look at your options because you can explore more. You can start setting goals. You can start being that person that becomes the master of your health. But first, you have to heal your relationship with food. 
All right, my friends, that is all I have for you today. Until next time, stay courageous and stay nourished. Intuitively Strong, out.